So John chapter 6, verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Uh, well, last Sunday, Debbie helped us look through the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, uh, which was a wonderful story of uh, a great miracle Jesus did uh, to create an imagining, lots of joy, lots of fellowship, lots of time together. Uh, but straight away into the next few verses, we see actually the disciples getting into trouble, getting into a storm fearing for their life. They've gone from a moment of great, what was probably a lovely picnic in a park, to suddenly the storms and troubles of life. I love, one of my favorite Sundays is the first Sunday where we have first Sunday lunch. And after the service, we're going to be having a bountiful feast of all sorts of things, mostly quiche, no, <laughs> if it's a, a Christian event. No, no, we have a wonderful spectrum here of, of bring and share things. Uh, and we can have these great moments on Sunday, can't we, of fellowship and food together. And then maybe your life is a bit like mine sometimes. Monday morning comes and the storms of life can come crashing back in, the problems, the difficulties. And you think, hold on, Lord. Sunday, only yesterday, wonderful. Praising God, feeling his presence, joy, and all's right with the world then Monday morning, the storms of life. Well, can I just reassure you for a moment, that was the experience of the disciples of Jesus. One moment, feeding of 5,000, wonderful miracles, and the next moment, they're on a boat, fearing for their lives, thinking that this might be the last day of their life. It's dark, it says. It's the middle of the night. They're stuck out on the sea. They're sinking. They're fearing. What's all this about? Is this the way it should be? Shouldn't it all just be sunshine in the Christian life? Eating and feasting and fellowshipping, being with Jesus in happy times? Not according to the Bible. Well, what were they doing out on the sea? Why did they do this? Well, the reality is they were journeying home to Capernaum. They had gone away on some ministry experiences with Jesus, and they were actually just returning 
back to their home where Jesus and his disciples had set up camp in Capernaum. That was where their base was for the three years of Jesus' ministry. So they were returning home. And any journey, any journey in life to come to a better place, to come home, if you like, isn't always going to be easy. Isn't always going to be easy. We all know that from traveling. Wherever you want to travel to, maybe you're going to visit some friends, maybe you're going on holiday, maybe you're journeying to work. We all know the worst part is the traveling, right? Especially if you're trying to get out on the 127 from South End, any time of year, any time of day. Ugh. But life has to have these times of travel. Has to. If we want to get somewhere better. If we want to grow. If we want to change. If we want to get home being with Jesus. Whatever the good thing is ahead always requires times of travel. Which is always going to be a time of uncertainty. Problems. Difficulties. See, many of us, if you're anything like me, actually, we just like the comfortable life. We perhaps might have said, Jesus, let's just stay here on the shore having plenty. Keep breaking bread. Keep multiplying the fish. This is great. Why go anywhere else? We're, we're, if we were animals, we're a bit like cats. You know, cats, they find the most comfortable place in the house by a fire, and they curl up, and that's them, really. They see no point in changing anything. Let's just do that all day, every day. And if they've got a good food source, they're fine. But actually, life's not like that. Life is not like that. There are times when we're going to go from the land, where it's nice and comfortable and sure and certain, and there's going to be times where we're going to go onto the sea. Times of turbulence. Times where the storms gather. Times of difficulty. But in those times, those are the real times where God can change us, do a work in us, grow us, help us move forward, not just staying where we are to better places. See, maybe as individuals, we don't like that change. We like to make life just comfortable. Why can't it stay like that? And we can be like that even as churches even. Oh, we like everything just as it is, got everything just as we like it. Let's just not do anything or change anything. We're all happy. But again, Jesus always wants to help us grow and travel and move forward. There's a few other observations about this story that are going to help us when we come to these times of storminess. I know we don't want them, but they're going to come. So it's better that we look at it, right? Okay. First point is, it says here, Jesus was not with them. He was not with them. Isn't that an interesting point? Uh, look down at the passage and verse 17. Well, let's go from verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. That's a bit worrying, isn't it? Why didn't they wait for him? If I was them, I would have been like, 
let's just wait another five minutes. Maybe Jesus will come in the boat with us. But he wasn't with them at the start, was he? There could be two reasons for that. Firstly, they, it was getting late. Maybe they were impatient to get home, as often can be the case. And they knew Jesus had gone off to pray on a mountainside. Remember, it just says that in verse 15. The verse before, we didn't read it, it says, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain place by himself. So Jesus has gone up onto a mountain. It's getting dark. It's getting late. They want to get home. So could it be that they were like, let's just, Jesus will catch up later. We're off. Off on our own adventure. Sometimes we can be like that in life, actually, can't we? We're impatient about something. We want to see something done. We want to get further in life, progress. But sometimes we forget to wait for Jesus. Is he on board? Is he not on board? Does it matter that he's there in my life or not? I'm just going to plow on anyway. Or there's another reason Jesus might not have been on the boat. It might have been, actually, that he sent them on ahead and he told them, I will catch up with you later. In fact, I think that is the case because in the other gospel accounts of this story, Jesus actually says to the disciples, you go on ahead, I'll catch up with you later. Now, why would Jesus do that? Are there really going to be times in life where God says, you go on ahead into the storm, I'll meet you there later. Can't you just come with me in the first place and there would be no storm? Why would Jesus do that? Would God really put us into a storm on our own? Would he do that? Well, he did here. What could we learn from that? Well, here's the lesson I think we really need to learn from that, is that sometimes Jesus puts us into storms that we might not rely on ourselves, but on him. Sometimes we need to be put into situations where we know we can't get out of it, so that we might say, Jesus, I need your help. And some of us are so stubborn in life that Jesus might have to make the storm quite big and severe in order for us to learn that lesson because we have self-reliance. Think of the fishermen for a moment. They are strong rowers, I presume. They know how to sail. They've done this from, from, from maybe when they were children and they're adults now. And they're every day, every week, gone out onto the waters and faced many difficulties and storms and things so they probably thought, no problem, we can cross this one on our own strength. And maybe even as the waters started getting choppy, they thought, okay, we've been here before, we can do it again. But interestingly, the story says that they got to about three or four miles into the sea. Now, if you know about the Sea of Galilee, it was probably about a 10-mile journey. So they got halfway they're doing quite well. See, if I, was, uh, if I was in that situation and I have no idea about sailing, I don't have great arm muscles to do the rowing and all of that. If I was in that situation, I would have been on the, the far bank, the, the, the original bank. I would have probably looked at the weather. Other than that, said, it's looking a bit bad out there. 
let's just, let's just not go out at all. Anyone like that? Where you get sort of, you know, I'm, I'm out of my depth if I'm sort of ankle deep in the water. I don't go much further than that. Some of us in life know that we can't cope with very much. Others think they can cope with a lot. And the disciples probably thought they could cope. But they got about three or four miles into the journey, about halfway. And I think that's why I think John mentions it. Because they're in that situation where we're in, we're in deep trouble. Do we go forward or do we return home, back? Have you ever been in a situation like that where you think, just got to press on and hope for the best? Or should we retreat and save ourselves? I, um, last year, I love um, hiking, and I, um, sometimes I managed to get to the Lake District last year with a friend, and we went for a, a day's walking in the Lake District. And uh, it started off quite nice the day, but if you know the Lake District, it turns on you very quickly. And it started to bucket down with rain. And me and my friend, at first we've got all our waterproofs on, but it was raining so hard, you know, it gets through everything and drenched. And before you know it, the, all the streams and the rivers in the Lake District start to get bigger and bigger. So we had to cross a couple um, uh, that were already, you know, the path was already covered with water and everything. And we literally got halfway on the walk, and I had a bit of a panic and a bit of a wobble. And I said, I'm really not confident about this. And uh, in the end, we decided to, to retreat, and we, we went literally halfway, went all the way back, and, we, and then we sat in a pub. Had a... <laughs> Had a, nut, had a little drink and uh, had a bit of a meal, and we caught a taxi. <laughs> solved, that, solved that one. Uh, you might have thought, Tom, you're such a coward. You should have just persevered. You would have been fine. That was what my friend was saying. I said, no, I'm, I am a coward. I retreated. It's worked out fine. Um, but maybe you've been in one of those moments. Do we go forward? Do we go back? But the key thing to realize when you get into certain situations is that there are some things we're going to face where you do not have the strength to face it. You do not. And you will sink. And the storm will overtake you. And the problems will be overwhelming. And you don't know whether you should go back or forwards. Either way, we're going to sink. There will be times like that. And sometimes Jesus puts us in those places not to punish us, but so that we might cry out to him. Because that's what matters to him. Now, how far in life, here's my question, how far in life are you going to go before you realize that you need Jesus? Some of us, like I said earlier, will realize as soon as you set out on the adventure and the clouds are gathering, I need Jesus now. Some of us might be stronger in life and think we're doing just fine for now. Maybe you're halfway. Maybe some of you, even as the boat is sinking, think, no, let's get the buckets out. Let's keep going. Let's plug the holes. Let's do our best. Maybe when you're some people are so determined that even the boat has sunk and you're bobbing up and down in the water going, it's okay, you can still go. It's only five miles to go. 
Maybe some of you, even as you're gasping for breath, still haven't cried out to Jesus. Many people are like that in life. Maybe some people never will, even as they drown. That's a reality in the Bible, isn't it? But here's the thing about Jesus. Even if, even if you've been so stubborn and you're literally sinking and you're no longer breathing air, you're just breathing in the water, and even as you're sinking right down to the bottom, even then, if you call on the name of Jesus, he will save you. There's a story in the Bible that is exactly that, Jonah. Remember Jonah? Stubborn man, literally the same situation, and he, 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 in the end, he's drowning, and he sinks right down to the bottom, and there he says, the Lord heard my prayer, and he sent a rescuer. So maybe you're really strong in life and capable and stubborn and all of it, and you're doing just fine, or maybe you're a bit more like me that gets out of bed in the morning and goes, Jesus, <laughs> I need you. I can already sense the storm coming. Either way, call out on the name of Jesus because he will have to keep sending storm after storm until we learn it. Because it's better to be in the boat with Jesus in a storm than on the shore without him. All right? Better to be in any situation with Jesus than live life without him. Paul the Apostle learned this lesson. Now, Paul, you know, we think we might have a difficult life. Paul the Apostle had a tremendously difficult life, okay? And he says these words. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. That's what Paul says. And some, that's the way he felt in his life many times. Then he says this. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul knew why he'd been put in those storms. That he might learn a lesson not to rely on himself, but on Jesus. And Jesus is the only one who can help us in these situations. He's the only one who can stop us drowning, because why? He can walk on the water. He can walk on the water. He can calm the storm. He won't drown. He's not in the boat with them. See, the situation is, um, as wonderful as we all are and as strong as we all are, the reality is, is we, all sat here this morning, are all in the same boat. We are all in the same boat. Some of us might have given up rowing ages ago, and others are, keep going. And the best we can do in the storms, even though we're all in the same boat, is perhaps sometimes we can encourage each other. It's okay, I'm in the same boat with you. That's nice, isn't it? Some of us, we might have limited rations on the boat and we can share what we have. And that's really kind and lovely, isn't it? 
Some of us might say, you've been rowing a long time, let me row for a while. And that's lovely too, isn't it? But the reality is, we're all in the same boat. And that none of us can defeat the storms of life. But there is one who's outside the boat, who can walk on the water, who can actually rescue all of us or any of us at any moment when we need him. Isn't that what we need? We need someone who's actually outside of the world's problems, who hasn't already made a mess of everything, who can sort things out, who is strong and able and loving and willing and helpful. We need someone who can walk on the water. But better than that, Jesus not only can walk on the water, but verse 21, he gets into the boat with them. Isn't that a wonderful part of the story? See, Jesus doesn't just stand on the water and he says, well, look, uh, if you just row a bit more on the right side and put up the sail, uh, you should be fine. See you on the other side. He doesn't just shout advice at them because he knows what to do. Uh, it's so interesting, the amount of times, you know the little side road down the side of our church here? Has anyone dared to drive down that before? Some of you have, gutsy, gutsy. Many of us get to the entrance and we I see so many people reversing out and they get into more trouble reversing out than if they just kept going. There's probably a different sermon in that. Um, but the amount of times I've stood there going to people, looking in their wing mirrors like, a little bit that way, a little bit that way, yeah, keep going, come, 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 you know, you're fine, go. Now, that's helpful because I'm outside, I'm not in the boat with them. But Jesus doesn't just do that in our lives. He doesn't just say, right, you lot, here's the Bible. Just do this and do this. You should be fine. See you on the other side. He gets in the boat. He gets in the boat. And that makes all the difference. All the difference in the world. Think of how reassured they must have been when Jesus stepped in the boat and said, I'm in it with you. You'd have been like, thank goodness for that. Or thank God for that. That he's with me. Now, the story ends really quickly there. It says, verse 21, then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. So it took, like the storm stops and they immediately reached their safe haven. Great. But I reckon even if the story had said... He got into the boat, and the storm continued for another three hours, and then they made it. Because I think even him just getting in the boat with them would have just made them feel okay. Because some storms that we're going to go through will last more than a night. They could last a year or ten years, I don't know, some storms. But if you've got Jesus with you in the boat, you know it's going to be all right. He will get you home. He will get you home. To the far side. To the better place. And when you're the other side in that better place, you will be the stronger for it. Not because you've had a good workout, but because you've learned to utterly trust Jesus. I know there are things in my life that I still don't trust Jesus with, not properly. 
And I have a feeling he's going to send me a storm or two to help me learn to let go of those things. Because better that I do than not. Better that I know the wonder and glory and joy and hope of knowing Jesus utterly than knowing him a little bit but holding on to the rest of the stuff. Better that. See, my final point here is that the disciples were afraid when they saw Jesus. They weren't used to seeing someone walk on the water. They weren't used to seeing someone like Jesus, divine and holy and good, stepping into the situation. They were a bit afraid. But then it says, verse 21, they, they were willing to take him into the boat. Oh, that's good of them, isn't it? All right, we'll invite you on, Jesus. In you come. We're willing to accept you. <laughs> I'm sure it should translate something like they would begged him. They begged him to come into the boat. It just says they were willing because they were afraid. I, I need to think about why it was like that. But many of us are a bit afraid to invite Jesus into our lives. Some of us are a bit afraid because we don't know what that will mean, probably. Maybe you've come across many people who think, oh, I'm a bit lost in life, but I don't know if I should throw myself in with Jesus. But he spoke his name, didn't he, verse 20? But he said to them, it is I. It is I. Do not be afraid. That, trans, that Greek word is just simply, tr- should be translated, I am. Do not be afraid. And if anyone knows anything about the Bible, the words I am is simply just the name of God. I am, Yahweh. When you hear the name of God, when you hear the name of Jesus, I am, something tells you I should trust him. Do not be afraid. They were willing to take him in. Can I encourage everyone You might be afraid to really trust Jesus with some things. You might be afraid that it might mean he's going to take you on some adventures you're not ready to go on. might mean you've got to give up certain things in your life. You might be afraid it's going to mean, you know, no longer being the cat curled up by the fire. might mean many things. And we are afraid. I get afraid trusting. Silly, isn't it? I'm afraid to trust Jesus. I'm still relying on myself. I'm still relying on something to happen. I'm still relying on something else. I'm afraid. Are you willing to let him take the helm? Let him come into the boat and be the captain? Are we ready? Are we willing? And if we do, if we do, I promise you, you will have life in abundance and the sure and certain hope of being brought home. Let's pray.